We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. And I am joined right now by a gentleman from New Jersey, which happens to be the state of my birth. And yes, I got out of Newark fast when I was born in 1957. Chris Faglio is with us. He's from Rockaway, New Jersey. And isn't there a beach near Rockaway? I wish there was. I mean, there's, there's a little lake with a beach, but Rockaway Beach, that's Queens. <laughs> okay, I, I got you. But you know, every time I hear the Ramones song, I'm like, yes. <laughs> there you go. I knew there was something in my brain that, that had yeah. something to do with the beach. Uh, right. Chris, tell me a little bit about yourself. You, you, you host a podcast. You've got an yep. agency. You are a pro-cannabis guy. Uh, give me your life story in a minute or two, if you don't mind. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So, uh, so basically, yeah, I mean, I actually just started a brand new consulting coaching agency called Rocket Growth Agency. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say it's brand new, Jimmy, it is, it's brand spanking new. And this is, but the idea of this has been sitting with me for uh, a couple of years now. So I'll back up a little bit. In, in 2000, I started a, a video production agency with, with now my ex-business partner um, called Gray Sky Films. And the two of us together, we actually met in college in 1992. We're best friends. We started this company as best friends and just successfully ended my business relationship with him, but we are still best friends. So I, I'd like to stress that because we're one of the rare stories, I think, where the business partnership dissolved extremely friendly. Um, but I, I started this company with him 20 years ago. We grew it 20 years, made movies, uh, worked in with commercials, uh, television, broadcasted a lot in the music industry. And our, that was our first few years. We did a lot of music video work, worked with a lot of labels, artists, uh, things like that, and got to travel a lot, work with some amazing brands, lots of marketing and advertising agencies. So, you know, coming out of it, I, at the start of this year, I was definitely, you know, we, the company had just come off one of our greatest years ever as a company. And, you know, January and February, we were looking awesome. This, this year was looking to be great. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic happened here and it definitely rocked us, rocked our world, rocked us off our kilter a bit. But, you know, when things like that start to happen, you, I became very introspective and, and things I thought um, about doing that I've been putting on hold really came to the forefront. And I just came to a realization that, you know what, I have really achieved everything I wanted to achieve with Gray Sky Films. I guess barring walking out of there with like a million bucks or something like that. But, you know, I, but really for me personally, creatively, I feel like I really achieved so much there. And, you know, I really had to come at peace with myself and say, you know, what, I am ready for a new challenge, a new journey. And what better way to do that than to take the 20 years of experience I had in building a company, a successful company, and owning and operating that and being able to take that and then help other people who are struggling or who are stuck or who are frustrated in their businesses now and apply that to them. And so Rocket Growth Agency, the, the, the idea behind it is that I really want to work with, with business owners, individuals, um, entrepreneurs who... I'm going to take that again, I guess. <laughs> I thought my phone was off. So sorry about that. Apologies. That's all right. Um, so that's your one edit. Sorry. <laughs> no, no edits. I told you. Right, I'm not all right, touching good. this. All right, good. No edits. Here we go. <laughs> 
so yeah, so Rocket Growth Agency, the, the, real, the real foundation of it is what I'm looking to do is, is to, once again, take my 20 years of experience and knowledge and help other businesses, other business owners who are frustrated, stuck um, with when it comes to growing their networks, if they're seeing their network shrinking, especially around this time, if they're really struggling with business development and, and trying to convert networking into business development and sales for their company. And then also too, which is a big thing that I, I feel like I've done very well for myself and very well with Gray Sky is personal branding and helping for helping people to develop and grow their personal brand. And when I say personal brand, I, I think some folks out there get that. But the big thing is that, hey, while it's so important to have your company brand out there and messaging and vision first and foremost, what happens a lot of times is it just gets a little lost in, in the ether, right? It gets, becomes a little bit of background, a little bit of noise. People may not engage with it as much, but you know, as the old adage is, people like to do business with people they like. That's where the personal branding comes into effect. If you're really out there and you're being engaging and setting yourself, as, setting yourself up as an expert in what you do, then you're going to get people to connect with you and you're going to find that you'll do more business that way than actually doing it through like the regular company overarching branding. So that's a thing that I, I really work with people a lot to help them develop because I often hear like, well, I'm not creative like you. I don't know how to create content. I don't know what to do. And I say, listen, take my background out of it. Everybody's creative. You just got to like tap into it. It's just, it's mindset. It's all about mindset. So that's what Rocket Growth Agency is in a nutshell. That was more than 60 seconds, but I just wanted to lay a foundation out there. Chris, anybody who knows me knows that's why I put these limits on people because I don't have a limit either. Okay, so it's tough. <laughs> well, I'm trying to condense 20 years into this. <laughs> it's similar personalities, which is, which is something I, I'm fascinated by. Um, I'd also be remiss if I didn't uh, mention what is behind you because you have, yeah. <laughs> uh, you are a collector. Uh, I, I know am. that you are a sports fan and I know that you lean towards the New York area, which is fine. I, I, I support <laughs> the hometown experience of every sports fan. Right. Okay? I, I don't, the whole Boston, New York thing that has been going on for generations, okay, since Babe yeah. Ruth in, in 1918, right. right? I put that to bed at about, uh, I think it was when, it, let's see, the Red Sox were down three games to none, right? In right. one year, that was 2004, right? Yeah, that was the amazing and, comeback. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'll be honest. When the Patriots won their first ever Super Bowl in 2001, I said, if the Patriots can win a Super Bowl, I expect the Red Sox to finally win a World right. Series. Well, and then they broke the curse. You, know it, <laughs> you know, the 21st century, this has been the golden era of Boston sports. So I gloat yeah. now and I don't even care. I, I am so spoiled and I can so relate to the New York arrogance of the sports fans during the 60s and 70s and 80s yeah. when I was growing up because the New York teams seemed to win all that time and they were spoiled always seemed to lose so you know we we have now morphed into that tri-state area as far as the arrogance of the sports fan I'm comfortable with that um, that that being said um, I'd like you to walk me through a little bit of the Star sure. Wars stuff that's behind mm -hmm. you because that that Darth Vader thing right behind you is, is, is crazy. How did you? Yeah, so. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of this stuff, I mean, I, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started going. I mean, Star Wars has been a huge influence on me. I mean, yes, I, I always say I am a certified Star Wars nerd. I got, you know, Star Wars tattoo, the whole sleeve going on here. And, you know, it's just, it, but it's been such a huge fabric of my life. And and honestly, it's it's the foundation of why I even 
got involved in, in creative and filmmaking because, you know, as much as I'm such a fan of, you know, the movies, the production, you know, everything associated with it. I mean, it really boils down to one thing for me. The reason why all this stuff is behind me is, is magic, right? Star Wars represents magic for me. It represents the magic of filmmaking, but really so, really more so the, the magic of imagination, the power of the mind. The fact that all this was like, came out of like one person's mind, George Lucas, and he was able to come up with a great um, story, uh, a great creative idea that then got other people involved and it's just amazing to me how something like that could like permeate and connect with so many people and want to be involved and want to create and take it to whole other levels and so obviously the collection and and all the toys and the different things i've got here some of it's all very um you know nostalgic a lot of it's from my youth some of it's brand new but when i look at this and i have it behind me it, it actually like just <laughs> This is going to sound a little cheesy, but looking at it and seeing it every day constantly keeps me reminded of why I do what I do and the feeling of magic that I felt as a child watching these films and buying the toys and playing and that, that creativity. It's like what powers me today. It really does. It, it sounds a little hokey, but it's just part of my, it's part of my mental mindset and sort of what keeps me going and motivated and, and just feeling inspired every single day. So there's lots of stuff behind here. I, the one thing I'll show you real quick is this is the one piece that I'll tell you the quick story again, since I told you offline, but so my, my daughter, um, when <laughs> she that. was, before she was born, we were trying, you know, like anybody else, our first word, trying to find out what are the name, name, name. And, uh, you know, since I'm so Star Wars inspired, I actually can't believe I got my wife on board with this. But so uh, if anybody's familiar with the Star Wars universe uh, in the books, uh, Han Solo and Princess Leia had, had twins. Jason and Jaina Solo, right. um, not canon. So in the timeline that's out there now, it's in, it's in what's called expanded universe now. Um, but so we loved the name Jaina Solo so much that we named our daughter Jaina. And instead of uh, the way the Star Wars spelling is, is uh, J-A-I-N-A, we changed the I to the Y. So um, that's a little bit. So when they released a figure of Jaina Solo, I was like, I obviously I have to own that. <laughs> that's right. And that's J her. So it's J A Y N A. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So that's so how, my, that's how my daughter's name is spelled. Yeah. And it just so happens. My initials are James Andrew Young, J A Y. So there you go. So there you go. So there's a star Wars connection and a yeah, connection. Our connection. Yeah. So yeah. And Chris, of course, uh, you know, Darth Vader's rocking the rocket growth agency swag over here too. I, so. I see the rocket thing. <laughs> What role has cannabis played in your life, Chris? I've got to ask the question. No, I, and I appreciate it. That's a, that's a really great question. I mean, so, you know, cannabis for me, it's actually something that I um, got involved with later in life, actually. I, I did not go the, the typical route of um, teenager and all that. I actually didn't even try cannabis for the first time until after I was actually graduated from college, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, that was my experience with it. My wife was actually, uh, has been using cannabis for quite some time. And, you know, it was actually with her that I actually was able to experience it for the first time and it, and it was great. And since then, you know, I had been a fan of it recreationally. That was then the, the doorway into beginning to learn more about, uh, you know, cannabis more than just being a recreational thing. And as you know, we've gotten older, 
um, we've definitely turned to it more for medicinal purposes now. And especially my wife, she, she does have a card here in New Jersey. She is registered. Um, she does suffer from a lot of um, pain. She has a lot of acute pain and a lot of chronic pain that she deals with. And so she, she medicates and, and, and it works. And so, you know, it, and it's been years and we are very huge advocates of, of cannabis and its medicinal properties. And the fact of sitting where we are today, still, you know, I mean, listen, it's the, the prohibition, right? We've been fighting this forever. And, you know, and I, I will admit, I'm, I'm much more newer to the, to the whole movement and, and getting involved. But, you know, it's something that we do feel strongly about. And it's something that I, I just, at this point, it's, it's ridiculous that we're still having these conversations and still having to fight through it. But, you know, we just got to keep fighting and keep bringing awareness and education. And that's really going to be the way that uh, I think the, the whole, you know, we, we turn the tide is, is just constantly educating people on the benefits and how this, uh, this medicine can help in so many ways rather than just constantly prescribing opioids. <laughs> and I know you've probably met a few people like I have over the last few years who say how cannabis has saved their lives or changed yes. their lives. I've talked to many uh, veterans who suffered from PTSD and have used cannabis to yes. get off their opioids. Um, yes. The fact that we're already seeing uh, movement in Washington, D.C., the fact that the House of Representatives is actually going to have a historic vote on the legalization yes. of cannabis, even though you and I both know it's not going to get passed by the Senate. But, but you know, at the, but the fact, fact, the fact that, that it's there. talking yeah. about this as a political yeah. a, 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 an item in my lifetime, and I'm much older than you, okay? I've been fighting <laughs> it longer than you, okay? Uh, yes, you and, have been. Right. So it's amazing that we can have these open conversations, that we can talk about the education. We can talk about how the science and the research has moved yes. the needle this far and how many of us expect that we're not going to stop. We're not going to go backwards. We're going forwards with this, no matter who gets elected in November. Right. At least. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and like you said, I, I am meeting people all the time and I am learning so much. And I, I am so open to learning and I want to learn more. And I read things, I listen to people, I talk to people. And it's, it's, it's really expanded my mind even to more, you know, where it was, I was already on board. And it's not that I'm not on board. I just, I keep learning more and more about the medicinal properties and how it works um, in the body. And it's, it's absolutely fascinating. The science behind it is, is incredible. It really is. And it's just something that should not be ignored anymore. And I think the more people find out about the benefits of this plant that God put on this earth that has yes. been used for thousands of years. One of the neatest uh, pieces of information that I have learned, and I share this with a lot of people, is did you know that in the 1920s, United States MDs, doctors, wrote over 3 million prescriptions for cannabis before it was prohibited? Okay, Didn't so know it that. had been part That's amazing. of our, it is amazing to think about that. And here we wow. are, you know, in the 21st century, and we're, we're still fighting that stigma because the government put so much money into this war on drugs that needless to say, has failed uh, yeah. miserably. And more importantly, now, as we continue to have these open conversations about race and injustice in this country, the role cannabis has played in that yeah. as an example of why black people in this country feel so victimized by the laws and by the racist 
uh, history that we've had. I mean, I was a history major in college, okay? Yeah. I get it. I know all about the Jim Crow South, and yet I'm still learning about things uh, like the riots in, in Oklahoma back in the day. I, I mean, I, it blows my mind that I'm living to talk about this in my lifetime, but the fact that we're still talking about this in my lifetime bothers me to no end, and it's why I enjoy uh, talking with people that are certainly younger than me um, about the perspective and putting this all into perspective. Do mm -hmm. you see a time where we will actually have federal legalization? And more importantly, can we expunge the records of those who have been most affected by the war on drugs and have been in jail for possession crimes for years? It's it just makes unbelievable. no sense. It makes, it makes no sense. And it is so so backwards and so biased it's it's absolutely ridiculous and and i do think i i, I really do i am i'm gonna be positive about it i really am and you know as many things as you can get negative about it, i also want to be positive about the, the the things that have happened and where we are going and listen just the fact that you've got the states and themselves coming and saying you know what fed like we're gonna do it ourselves and obviously if the fed would get on board things would be much easier. Transactions, everything, the decriminalization, all that stuff would then, it'd be a windfall. Yes, the money, the tax dollars generated. And, you know, when you talk about the deficits and this and that, and where we're going to find, it's just, it's, it, is an, it is an industry that um, there is a lot of upside to it. Of course, you know, whenever you get huge corporations involved, it's, you know, there's a positive and an also a very negative effect to it. And, you know, but I, I think that's with anything and that's just the way our, our capitalist system, our, you know, we're a capitalist society system and that's, you know, that, that's how it goes. And, and I think that if you've got enough, um, once again, enough education and enough people on board with it, it begins to turn the tide the other way. And, you know, I, I, think, I think we will see it within our lifetimes. I do. I'm just, I guess I'm just the ultimate optimist about it. And we've been fighting, you know, the prohibition efforts been going on for you know 80 plus years of of this and it's uh it's time it's time and, I, and I, the fact that you said that they are talking about it in the, the house even though it won't pass that's it's the symbolic the, the symbolism of right. that that it's being discussed and it's an issue that they know that they're feeling the representatives are feeling from their constituents that they have to talk about this they have to bring it up that's the first step. And yeah, nothing's going to happen overnight. It, obviously it hasn't happened overnight, but you know, we've got to just got, everybody's just got to keep going, got to keep pressing, keep working together, keep educating and, you know, take every little win that we can get and, and move, move forward another inch. Right. I mean, it's really is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a battle of inches. That's right. And, and, and dialogue and communication uh, backed up by science, okay? And yes. needless to say, science has played more of a role in our lives in the last six months during COVID than at any other time uh, in my lifetime anyway. I've learned now, more about again, the immune system in the last uh, eight months than I've learned my entire life. <laughs> that's right. And, and hopefully and thankfully, you know, I have quarantined myself. I'm in Massachusetts. We were some right. of the first states to lock ourselves down uh, in this state. Uh, and I'll be honest, I... I I don't want to say I attacked the governor here for shutting down the adult use recreation community, but I did uh, in my own little way. But looking at that, and again, I think he should have opened up curbside delivery or curbside um, access to the adult use recreational stores who had just opened. I mean, there's one, it took Massachusetts four years 
They passed it at the ballot box. And I know New Jersey has an opportunity in November to pass adult use recreational this year too. Still took four years before Boston was even open to one dispensary, okay? And sure enough, two weeks after they opened, they had to close because of COVID. And I might add, there was also um, a riot and they got looted as well. I mean, the uh, Kobe Evans of Pure Oasis, uh, who are the uh, principals and the place I'm talking about, the first 100 days of their existence um, was just, you, you couldn't have written a script. I that's, mean, you, it is, it's amazing what that company has gone through, what he's gone through, uh, how he has held himself to a higher standard, literally and figuratively, in so many ways. He does not get down and, and say, woe is me, I'm so bad. No, he's like, look, this, we knew what we were getting into when we got into it. We knew it wasn't going to be easy, and we are up to the challenge. And I, I give right. him a lot of props for that. In New Jersey, what's your feeling? Is it going to get passed? I know your governor has been pro-cannabis yeah. and well, wanted to take advantage of it. Still can't get it done. It was the thing that he, it was the one platform that he ran on, which I believe is one of the reasons why he even got elected. I got it. It's why I voted for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it didn't get done um, through the, the Senate and the legislation here. It didn't get done that way. And now it's on our, uh, it's on our ballot for November. It's now the state question. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know. You know, I know, um, you know, like Tara Masu uh, from Blazing Bakery, who is, uh, I, I know you, you know her well. And, and uh, I, I don't know as well as you. I, I did okay. notice that we have, we've met. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. so she, she's a huge, uh, you know, she's, she's very much involved with the, uh, the New Jersey uh, Cannabis Association here. Mm-hmm. And she's been putting out a lot of content, Blaze the Ballot. Uh, she's on the forefront of really helping with the education uh, here in the state and, and educating uh, people and trying to bring awareness to it. Um, but I, I got to be honest, right now, my feeling is I, I really do feel like it's a 50 50. I, I couldn't tell you either way if it's going to pass. I mean, uh, I know I'm voting yes. I know my wife's voting yes on that. But um, I, I, I feel the consensus right now, just, and this is just my feeling, right? I have no data to back this up. So I'm going to put that out there. I just, I feel like the temperature right now is, is 50-50. And, and it really jumps from county to county, even from town to town. Uh, you have a lot of towns here that just like, and they're still buying into the stigma of like, I don't want that here. I don't want a dispensary in, in, my, in my neighborhood. And they're not like, they just, because they're misinformed. You know, they're, they're very misinformed. And, and once again, it's the battle of education versus misinformation. And, uh, but, but, and I but, think that New Jersey has got a lot of that going on. So I guess we're going to see what happens. Those are the NIMBY people, right? Not in my backyard people. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You have a lot of that here and it really differs. You know, New Jersey is extremely, I mean, you know, and New Jersey is an extremely diverse uh, state and you have two halves of the state. I mean, well, I guess you got the, you know, there's always the Central Jersey, which is always the big joke. Central Jersey doesn't exist. And all. Central Jersey exists. I'll just say. What exit? But, what exit? <laughs> but there's definitely, you know, North Jersey, Central Jersey and South Jersey and mm-hmm. I mean, you travel within this state and it's like, you know, sometimes you feel like you're in a different state and uh, it's, it's definitely going to be very interesting though, to see, to see what happens. And I just feel like from my point of view, the temperature seems very uh, split down the middle, but you know, ultimately Massachusetts, we'll see. Massachusetts went through that same thing going yeah. towards that uh, election four years ago. Yeah. And the polls were about 50, 50. And then I believe it passed 53 to 46 or 47 and yeah, I think if it passes, it's going to be slim. Within, but within a year, 
the the question was posed back to the populace in, in various polls. And sure enough, now it's 60 percent plus. So mm. it, it's almost like they're afraid of what they don't know. And it goes back to the not in my backyard. Yet they have no wow. problem with the multitude of liquor stores or bars in the backyard. You know, yeah. alcohol has become such a part of our world and our society. And I and this is where I cringe as an educator because I see high school kids and college kids binge drinking, drinking yeah. to excess. Yep. And I just- Drinking till they pass out. <laughs> and, it, and it makes absolutely no sense to me that we have doctors prescribing opioids. We have mm -hmm. teenagers and college students out there drinking to excess and binging and putting their lives in danger. Right. And then this benign plant, it still has this stigma attached to it. And I'm like, you've got to learn about it. You take the yeah. time before you have an opinion. You want it to be an educated opinion. Isn't that like what we should be doing as humans? It, it really should be. Um, you know, and unfortunately, it's not always the case, right? I mean, as, as we've all seen through time and, you know, you can talk to people who are very open to having a very educated discussion about it. Uh, and then you've just got people who are very, you know, steadfast and just are set in their ways. And, and it's hard, it's hard to get, it's hard to get through to, to, to some people like that. And you're not, you're not going to win everybody over, but, um, you know, you, you do your best, you do your best. And, and, uh, the, the, uh, for me, it's always been like, listen, it's non-confrontational. It's not a conflict. You know, my, my way is not more right than your way. And, and it's a personal opinion. I mean, if that's the way you truly feel and you may have had events in your life that have happened or known people or seen people that have been affected through addiction or different things. And that's got your mindset the way it is, then, Hey, you know, like I'm not here to push anything. I just, I just bring education and awareness. And then you, you feel that way. You feel that way, like totally. Right. Okay. And right. I think that's also the thing to, to say too, is you have to respect others opinions on it because it is a personal choice. Like if you want to use or not use or, or choose to, to accept right. the information or not, you know, right. we just have to do our best to, to get the right information out there. So if someone is on the fence or considering it, they're reading the right stuff, they're listening to the right stuff, they're watching the right stuff and not some, you know, BS, right. <laughs> basically. Well, or government-backed uh, propaganda, which is what, how we yeah. got here in the first place. Which is and how we got here in the first so, place. So there are two books um, that I always recommend when I talk to people, the, the uh, Cannabis Manifesto by Steve D'Angelo, who's founded The Last Person of Project, and Bruce Barcott's Weed the People that was turned into a movie, I did do a documentary, mm -hmm. um, and Bruce is now the editor at Leafly, and we got an interview uh, with him about a few months ago and really oh, enjoyed cool. reading that book, and it really documented the beginnings of the movement in Colorado and in Washington State, and, and I love that Bruce was so open about his own feelings about it because he was not uh, a user, if you will, a regular user, if you will, um, and he had to be enlightened by some friends, one in particular who was an attorney for the ACLU, who explained that this is not an issue about drugs. It's a civil rights issue. It's the one of the reasons why law enforcement in this country and people of color in this country feel that they, get, they feel threatened by them because law enforcement can look at a and stereotype and profile and say, you know, uh, we should we should talk to those people. But I bet they're packing weed. I bet they have weed. Right. And that has been part of that um, bias literally since Harry Anslinger in 1937, when the DEA was created and they prohibited cannabis because of the 
influx of Mexican Americans, and and the and then we had Dick Nixon with the you know his comment about those uh, those hippies and those darkies um, using that drug too, and yeah. you know creating the Controlled Substances Act. It hasn't worked, and in fact, if anything, it's empowered the white man to to strike down and and separate from others rather than embracing that. And it's one of the things I've always enjoyed about cannabis, okay? And I have used it medicinally. I've had my medical card since 2013, but I loved the socialization. I love connecting with others. You, you know, part of your uh, bio is you're a networker, okay? So that's yeah. a similar thing that I got to. And one of the ways you network with people is you accept them or you find something mm -hmm. you have in common with Common them. ground. Right. And, and therein lies the rub, because again, once you start with that and you pass it to someone, you get to know them a little bit better. You relax, you know, as opposed to doing shots of alcohol where you want to get in everybody else's face. It just makes no sense to me. And so again, this is a plant that God put, God put on this earth as a medicinal element to engage in all mammals with our endocannabinoid system and balance those neurotransmitters that control the pain threshold and build up your immune system and give us a chance to actually enjoy life to its fullest. And this is me on my bandwagon, but it's exactly right. what I think others need to hear. And I, and I expect that you um, share a lot of those same opinions, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do. And I try to share as many resources as I can when I come across people who are, you know, interested in learning more, um, you know, because I, I do, I want to point them in the right direction. And every time I, like I said, I talk to more people who are introducing me to, to new resources, new books, new shows, new, new documentaries, new anything like that is, is real information. I love to share that and point that into people that I, that I know personally, I send people texts, I send people personal emails. So, Hey, you know, from our conversation last night, take, take a read of this. This may help educate you on some of the questions I have, because listen, I, like I said, I, I do not have answers to everything. And so if I have people in my, in my network that I can uh, introduce somebody to that will help get them the proper education and the right answers that they need, then I'm happy to do it. I want to do it. It's, it's, I just, I feel like it's, it's a right to do it. You know, I, I, I'm obligated to, to help people out like that. That's a nice thing. So uh, the rocket agency, I'm going out on the limb thinking it's a rocket growth agency. 40s. What's that? Rocket growth agency. Rocket growth agency. Okay. Pardon me. That's uh, all right. If I don't look at my notes. I'm lost. It's okay. Uh, what, where is your music? Tell me about your favorite musicians. Come on. You know, you're from New Jersey. So the first yeah. person I think of, of course, is Bruce. You must well, be Bruce. So I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge Bruce fan. I, I, while I do enjoy some Bruce songs, I wouldn't say I, I've never really gone to see Bruce in concert. I kind of okay. don't have a desire to go see Bruce in concert. Um, I appreciate him. I respect him. Got guys, an amazing artist. I mean, no doubt. Um, I just don't connect to everything that he does, but I, but I, but I dig, he's got some songs I totally dig. Um, I would definitely say when, when my, my background, I definitely lean more towards, uh, the hard rock and, and, and metal side of things. I had That's not to say I don't listen to a lot. I am, I love music. Like, so let me just put that out there. I love okay. music. I listen to all types of music. I really do. Um, I mean, if you looked at my, my Spotify playlist, my music collection, my records, 
actual records. Um, I know. I was going to say, you even yeah. know what a record is as yes. opposed to actual recording. Actual records. <laughs> just before we even got on, I was just completing ordering our new record. Um, but I mean, it is. It's a very diverse catalog. I, I will say my go-to stuff tends to be hard rock, metal. I'm definitely that fan. Ty grew up. I mean, my 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 first two, actually my first three impressions of music growing up, the first record I ever bought with my own money was Kiss Destroyer. That was my, like, I love Kiss. I wanted to be Ace Frehley so bad when I was little. And then that then led into like my, you know, my parents were very much in the rock. So I grew up on Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the Doors, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, you know, like I, the Black, I grew up on that classic music and, you know, Steely Dan. I love that stuff. We were just all out here in the rocking off the Steely Dan this last weekend. We had like an average playing Steely Dan like crazy. Jimmy Page and Eddie Van Halen were like my, my, my gods, you know, and that's why I learned, you know, I wanted to learn to play guitar, you know, seeing how cool, I mean, Eddie and Jimmy, but seeing like their styles, I just so infatuated with that. And, uh, and that just carried over into becoming a very big rock and metal fan, which then also led me into getting uh, heavily involved in the punk and hardcore scene here in New Jersey, especially. And that's where a lot of my, where Rocket Growth Agency and a lot of that mindset, I always talk about the rock and roll mindset. And that's where that comes from because being involved in that music scene was very much like, like even like the cannabis scene, it's, it's DIY, it's do it yourself, positive mental attitude. If you want to be in a band, you can be in a band, you're going to put your own music out. You're going to put your own shows on. I did all that. I, I, I used to put shows on for, for other bands. I went to the shows and I sold records of other bands and, I did all that stuff for years and it was the foundation of then what I then took to then start gray sky films with. And then what I even carry into rocket growth agency. And the whole idea is like, we treated gray sky, gray sky, like we were in a band. And that's how I treat rocket growth agency. I treat this like I'm in a band and I'm marketing myself like a band. And that's what I teach people to do is to like change their mindset, get a rock and roll mindset and treat it like you are in a band. Now, how do you market yourself? How do you get yourself out there? And, that's sort of how I, I come through. So it all sort of, you know, it all connects and I, I wear it on my sleeve, man. I mean, I, it's a big thing I preach is be authentic, be yourself and always remember to rock it. I mean, that's, that's my mantra. That's how I've lived my life and it's how, you know, I can help others is, is just, you know, be yourself. Rock music, rock mindset isn't about the music you listen to. It's about your attitude. You know, that, that's how I, that's how I see it. And I think I found an old friend now, Chris. I, I really do. You're, you're preaching to the choir here on so many fronts. And I accept a lot of the things you say. In fact, I pride myself in, in all that, too. So I expect that the conversation between us will continue beyond oh, yeah. the In the Week oh, podcast. Yeah. How do people get in touch with you at Rocket Agency? Right. So people can go. The best way to get a hold of me, first of all, I'm everywhere. So really, I mean, I made myself very accessible. So um, if you want to hook up with me on LinkedIn, you can go to LinkedIn, uh, just search Chris Vaglio. I'm also on Instagram at Chris Vaglio and at Rocket Growth Agency. And of course, you can always visit our website, which is rocketgrowthagency.com. And that's R-O-C-K-I-T growthagency.com. And there's plenty of ways to get a hold of me. There's actually a link right to my calendar link and you can set up time for some virtual coffee and, you know, we'll just chat. That's it. Or I just love we, talking to people. Or we set up time to do a podcast like we just did. And exactly, you know. exactly. And I, and I do that too. I also produce 
Um, I was doing a show on LinkedIn called My LinkedIn Friends where I interview people. I now that I am approved for LinkedIn Live, I am going to start doing it as a live show. And I just launched the Rocket Growth Agency podcast, which is right now I'm repurposing those interviews that I did and relaunching them uh, as audio podcasts. So the first one I just released is actually a guest you just recently had on, uh, Dr. Dave Kunick of a UCS advisor and investor relations. So that's episode one that's up now and that's available where you can get all podcasts. I'm posted on Podbean, but you can get it on iTunes and Spotify and Google play and it's a rocket growth agency podcast. So first episodes up, please subscribe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And while you're subscribing to his, you can subscribe to in the week. That's right. Young and and tune in on a, so it's interesting. You're going the LinkedIn live route and we're going the Twitch live route, but right. we're looking at LinkedIn and mm -hmm. perhaps um, offline, you and I can chat a little bit more about yep. the benefits, uh, pluses and minuses as we- Yeah, well, continue. you know, I'm, I'm trying everything out. I'm experimenting. And this is what I always tell everybody else. Try things out, see what works. And, uh, and that's it. So LinkedIn Live's a new thing. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see how it works. We'll see how there, it goes. There you go. For Chris Baglio, I'm Jimmy Young, the host of In the Weeds. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We Talk Now, We Talk News, and In the Weeds are all available on most major podcast distributors like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our friends at clnsmedia.com and our flagship, cannabis.net. So subscribe, share, and like our videos on all the social media networks out there, including LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Weed Tube, and YouTube. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. We are Pro Cannabis Media.